we go. Check one, check two. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour with your host, me, Rob Cantrell. I have an exciting episode, a new episode, a CBD episode, a cool episode with an awesome guest, one of my dear friends, a Canadian, hilarious, Comedy Central toured the world. Please give it up for my good friend, Lynn Shawcroft. Lynn Shawcroft. Hi. How's it going? I'm going to ask a question. Yes, Lynn. We're both rocking sunglasses. From your experience of doing this, hello, everybody. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I love Rob Cantrell. I love Lynn Shawcroft. So from your experience, what do you do? You look at the green dot, or do you look at the person? I go, I kind of do a little bit, but I try to look at the person. But then I yeah. have to watch myself a little bit in case of like some boogers or we, like right. last. I had a weird earphone thing, and my hair went crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna put my earphones in too, but we can keep talking. I don't know where they are. If that's all right. Yeah, you could talk like this. I, I think we got good audio. Round you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all right. It's so good to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, Lynn. How are you? Good. Good. So Lynn uh, is a great comedian, and we toured years ago. And uh, she, it's nice enough. You're in California. You're in L.A. right now. Yeah. How's the COVID world? How's your vibe? It is, it's, it's interesting. Yes. Like, I go out into the world and I see, I feel what I feel like it like because everything's crazy. I feel a little bit more um, confident in being my crazy self. Like you can go out and kind of be a creep and yes. like not worry about it as much. Like you can stare at things. Like I, the mask me, helps. I like the mask. I do too. I'm like, a big masker. I got handkerchiefs. It's like post apocalyptic ecliptic and stuff but it's also this is temporary i want to tell people this is like you get to be a freak right now go for it yeah you know what i mean like wear a mask where i wear my pajamas all the time no one gives a shit it's like kind of like and it's interesting like and also i've always really valued relationships with strangers like there's some of my best relationships that last less than a minute people are scared of that like small talk I really value it because it's a moment in time in life where you get to decide to be connected and positive with just a human like split second and I find it really kind of amazing so I don't know there's something I love that Lynn I totally get that yeah if you walk out in the world and you're like oh my god this weirdo's looking at me but if Sometimes when you meet just strangers and you give them just a good vibe, it just, yes. you could tell it's like- a, There's something amazing about it. Yeah. I've been, like I was telling you earlier, Lao Tzu, I've been going deep in meditation, but one of the things, one of the cool things I You're like- You've always been going deep into something, I, I know, think. but I think you, you, you just touched on it though, but you opened my mind. I want to listen. I, I have been talking a lot because we're comics. We always talk over each other. I'm trying to be cool, but- uh, one thing you just hit me to was uh, he be yeah you want to be in the person you want to be personal and also impersonal. Do you know what I'm saying? What you want to be you want to be personal, but you want to be in the impersonal. That means you want to be personal, but you don't want to be judgy. Like it's almost like no. 
no. You want to be just no. that moment to be that moment. It's almost like a really valuable moment. I've honestly, like, it's kind of gotten me through life. Like, I know a lot of comics or a lot of people, like, I hate small talk, da, da, da. And I go, there's no such thing. To me, that's just small interest in other people. Yeah. I don't know. I love those. It's all, It's like a micro, it's a micro relationship. You get to make a decision in life in that one second to kind of be, connect in a positive and people respond. And it's so, I don't know. I like it. Oh, I, you're a genius. I, you're exactly hipping me. Yeah, there is that. That's the only it. thing we own, actually. Like, that's the yeah, only. Yeah, that feel, like, cause I, when I go in the world, I'm like, what's everyone? I'm like, how do you know to go on that bus? What's everyone doing? Like, I'm honestly legit. Like, how do you know to, like what you're doing so much? And so when you have a moment at a store or somewhere that's just for a second, I like it. Kind of like being in line at the fucking store and you can kind of like connect with someone and be a little loopy. I don't know. I like What was it the last bit. thing you I bought at the I store? Like what was your last store trip and what did you buy, yo? Mm, well, I ordered something off Amazon, a back for lumbar, like a thing to stretch your back. Ooh, and nice. at the store, I bought, I probably a bought back a back roller. Did you get the roller? This is more for like when you lie down, it helps you because about six months ago, I started getting weird tingling in my fingers and feet. And I, I don't go to the doctor because I'm like scared and I just spend most of my time thinking I'm, I'm a walking tumor, like an idiot. But finally I went and I got You're to not. get a brain MRI like from the movies. It was amazing. Cool. But um, so, but I, they found out there's a little, I have a little bit of like, I like arthritis in my lower back. Like yeah. something's going on. I want to fix it. Yeah. What I always hear from my mom, she, sadiatic or what's that? The sadiatic nerve? Isn't it all your the nerves? Sciatica. I've yeah, heard the all sciatica. I've heard all that. You got to work it. That's why you got to walk. My sister has that. She, I have a sister who's older and she's got that. And it's like, yeah, you got to watch the sciatica. Yeah. That's all those nerves in your back. You got to chill those nerves in the back. I'm surprised that we're not all walking around more fucked up. Like, yeah. Like, I thought by this point, I like, like, it's weird that we don't see people with like one arm and one eye because like, think about it, like you're on this planet for years and you could bump into things. So it's kind of amazing that we're not fucked up. So are, how are you feeling? I feel the same way. I'm doing good. I, I fell out of a moving car when I was five. <laughs> I, I, and I brought, broke my leg. Like, I know, like, like I went through all these weird accidents growing up, like physically, like it's a blessing to go through the day without getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like think about it. Like we're walking and everything's heavy and we're so fragile, we're made Sharp of the edges. Salt. Yeah, like we're made designed, of- The world's designed by pe- dead people and we're inhabiting like these, and like we're bumping into things. It's crazy. How we're did you fall sweaty butter. Yeah, it's it's yeah. soft, it's it's tender. Yes. Uh, I'm doing good. Like I, Lynn and I had we we started this pod. I hadn't talked to Lynn like in ten years. Lynn and I have a heavy old school relationship, but a cool one that I'm proud of, and I'm proud to have oh. you as a friend. And thank you to being on this podcast. That uh, feeds me because I forget. I'm on my own, so I forget. I'm like, I'm like, oh, does anyone? Do I have any friends? Like sometimes I think I'm like. So I go out to my like secret one minute friends all the time. Yeah. But you forget, you're like, oh, everyone's living their life. And they are. So it's so good. It's so good to talk to you and see you. It really is. I feel the same. Seeing old friends is a trip. Like, because it's not that heavy. Yeah. And you're just like, you went through a war. You just went through another universe together. 
And I always say, even in comedy, cats that I weren't even super comfortable with, right. but if I went through an earlier experience with them and I see them 10 years later, I'm like, it's yeah. there. <laughs> like, you know, there's, we both there's went through that about thing. stand-up comedians or the comedian community. I don't know how big it is now. Like, I feel like every time I look on Twitter, everyone's like tag is comedian. I'm like, so there's 4 million comedians now. But there is a bit of a united thing. Yeah. And we have a bond, a special bond through someone that we both love, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. Lynn and Mitch was a comedy couple when I first met them, a power comedy couple. I don't know if they were power, but you were the original is. comedy couple that was making it work and cool. And Lynn is a super Fuck funny yeah. joke writer, performer, stand-up comic, but also would open and work, was kind of like the mother hen of the whole Mitch operation during his prime of like 99 to 2003, when he went into launch. And I into ain't stand great up at music. it. I wasn't good at it. You were good at it. I, we toured together. We had great. I got to open for, I actually did, la- I, uh, I opened for you guys for the first time out in Sacramento. And it was way before I got last yes. comic stand up. Yeah. But you guys were You're so young, fresh nice. fresh kid like you are now. Fresh kid. I was a year, a year and a half, mm-hmm. two years. I was probably stepping all over you guys. Feet. Did you know who Mitch was when you got that gig to work that week? Like, yeah. you, had you heard of him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, San Francisco, I started in SF. And as you know, SF was like the original of uh, alternative. Like, it was like the most snobby scene uh, in a good way. I liked it because it made me rise yeah. above. It was hard like, They didn't let hack shit fly. Yeah. So what I was saying is like no, I didn't get no. in the I didn't get in the the players. I didn't get in the real I was an open micer for a good like two years. Like in Cobbs, that dude, Tom yep. Sawyer, who was a dick, didn't didn't take my vibe, didn't understand me, thought I was so cocky and just like X that was 50% of the market. So I was that's just doing- wild because that's a good point. Back then, if a club if a club owner or booker just didn't like you too much. That could be a good five years of you not going to that club. And I'm, I'm not talking about cause specifically, but if they didn't like it, Mitch, I remember when Mitch got to the point where he was packing shows, he was like, don't, he, he was like, I don't forget for a second. They're not booking me because they like my cute little jokes. I'm filling seats. He gets it. He got it. You know, he goes, filling seats is what's letting me allowed to do this shit. So, so club owners back then could make or break a certain part that's Mitch always, always taught me to be wary of comedy scenes or clicks because you can get very in that. And yeah, there's a comedy scene everywhere. Like I was in the Toronto comedy scene. There's a Seattle one. He he was like, be wary of really getting in one of those rise above, always rise above. Rise above because it doesn't make money. It's not, it's more of a social thing. It's not a business. It's social and it's hard to really recognize that. Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, dude, we're all here. It is show business. You're trying to rise above and we all got rent and shit. So we're trying to get good enough so you could fill seats. Like Mitch, we saw, like I talked to you earlier before this podcast, this Lynn and I are so connected. We talked for an hour before the podcast. We got I know I did. I've never, I haven't done Zoom before. So I was a bit nervous. So I called him to talk. And then that was an hour of a conversation. Yeah, that was an hour, but a great hour. But what are, what are oh, the things? Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, you're this. I had such a good time. I got Rob, the you're tour. you're so amazing at, you are so amazing at appreciating vibes. I guess that's what your podcast is all about in a way. Yeah, it's all about, I want to put like, If a vibe is good for you, 
like you're sensitive. You can pick up vibes. If a viber is good for you, that's valuable to you. That's amazing. And it should be. Yeah. You're so right, Lynn. You're so yeah. right with that because there have been places in comedy or, or just places in my life where I try to push it in the vibe. I just know the vibe isn't. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm wasting fucking time. I got to protect it's hard. my vibe. It's hard to, yeah. you it's hard to figure out where it. you fit in in life. And I think that's what yes. you don't ever really fit in. You just keep on being yourself and learning to be yourself. Yes. Um, I'm also like how but, like how am I got in this life like like how old am I here and I and then I realized it's not really by accident I you end up go, going towards people and they come to you but but it took me like 30 years to figure that out I was just like I just thought I was bopping along like an atom and just here and stuff I don't know no I felt the same way like I always kind of lived in the moment before I learned that. And then you get old and you're like, oh, I got to make some fucking money. I got to figure That's some shit the out. That's the hardcore thing. That's the hardcore. That's Life brutal. gets real. That's the thing. I was yes. listening to Widespread Panic and they had a great line like, "Life people get high. Some people get sad. But at the end, it always gets real. You know, it just yeah. life gets fucking real, like real fast, real fast. It gets real, but that's what. And but also, at the same time, it's, really it's not hard real. To recognize when a vibe, like I, when people say to me, I talked to you about this. When people say, or like when people are like, "It's a bad day, this happened," or "A good day, this happened." Things happening don't affect whether it's good or bad for me. It's all my mind. Like I could get in a car accident and be bopping around. That might not be something negative unless I'm hurt or something. I go with the vibe, but it's when my brain is fucked up that it's a bad day. Yeah. I don't know. But it's um, hard. it does get real fast. I mean, back to Mitch and we, yeah. okay. So we, okay. Like we'll just lay it out a little bit. Um, yeah. Mitch and I, I met, I met Mitch Hedberg in 1998 and then we got married three months later and <laughs> then we were together for almost seven years we were only out of our whole time i think we were only apart 10 nights wow we were like attached to him, good or bad good or you bad know? but i was there and i witnessed it like were we nice to each other we didn't argue did we, we no were, you didn't it was always like kind of silly arguments like oh my yeah. god the closing joke or you drank the, <laughs> it, it, you guys weren't, it was always silly. And that's what I, that's what I missed about, that's what was such a bummer. And I told you earlier, like, I just had like his, Mitch's vibe. It was, I, his yes. jokes will go down in history, of course. Yes. Brilliant writer. But to me, yes. it was you guys' vibe. And there was, that's a, amazing. it was, well, it was an openness, cool. And it was, and it was artistic, but also not douchey. And it was like, it was right. You guys weren't douches. Like you guys didn't look down no. on people. Yeah, you guys didn't look down on people. No. And even and the worst well, hacky comic, you would. Mitch was so revered that Mitch was also silly, and also he was a comedian. And yeah, he always do the slams and the things, but he yeah. was also conscious that you know we'd be in a green room and it would be packed with like ten comedians just staring at him. You know what I mean? Like you were yeah. working, but like other comedians, and he like. He also knew to be inclusive, you know what I mean? Like yeah. do a little joke here and there. But also he knew think people might take things, his things to heart. So he was conscious of like he like he wasn't like all like goody goody, but he also knew he couldn't lob any hardballs because people took it to heart because they revered him, if that makes sense. So so he did create this really neat energy. So we met you, so we were 
Bragg's the San Francisco punch, no, Sa- uh, Sacramento punchline, which, which as a comedian, you usually work San Francisco for a week and then you go to Sacramento. And we, so we went to Sacramento all the time. Like it was like a million times. Mitch opened up a world to me. Like I came from Canada and the next thing you know, uh, for seven years, I went to DC 10 times. It was wild. So then yeah. we met a fresh faced, cute Rob Cantrell that week and you were, MCing, right? Yes. Uh, MC, because that's how it works. So you were to just been bummed up from um, things, but you had just done a TV show. So how did Mitch treat you? And then he gave you a treat, right? Yeah, no, Mitch was good. I'll tell you, it was before the TV show. I got the I got the TV oh, show, okay. when, but the first time, and we're, we'll bring him up, the first time, and he drove me up there, was Brian Mallow was featured. Oh, Brian Mallow. Okay. And we both have good friends, and Mitch has history with Brian. I know you I guys all do. Love, yeah. at, at, you know, he was very he kind was to so me, lovely. too. He What's was that? very kind to me. And we That's drove. That's wild. You forget that comedians, because Mitch really, at the end of the day, wasn't much older than you. But, you know, like, think about it. He died just after his 36th birthday, when you look at it now. But those few years, so there really is, like, people like Mitch could make or break someone's spirit in a way. You know, if you really like someone and they're fucking douchey, it's, it's, it can be brutal because comedy's hard. It's hard. So it's hard. Any, and he understood I how hard it was. I noticed that any comedian now remembers every time a comedian was kind to them at young. They remember that. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. Mitch got me a hotel room. He paid for yeah. Do you remember this? And, and yeah. the, you guys, because I was sleeping on my cousin's couch, like for the uh, like for the fifth night or whatever. You guys and I was just well, coming so in. Nancy, they didn't put you up, so you had to like go back and forth. Yeah, I had to go back and forth, and go I didn't have a car. I'm car. borrowing yeah. car that isn't insured. Yeah. The whole thing, like you know, yeah. half broke, barely making it, sure. getting on stage, like kind of bombing. Yeah, yeah, holding on to the dream, the whole nine. But yeah. Mitch, dude, you guys came in, and Mitch got me up. You guys got me a hotel room. You guys got me that a hotel must have just room. That felt like, oh my God, a clean, that must have felt great. Yeah. It, oh, it was heaven. And the yeah. problem was, he Brian Mallow that. heard he about that. it. Was I think that? Brian Mallow heard about it and wanted a room too. Oh my God. So I kind of, I kind of so fucked funny. up on that one. That one I should have, I should have. Oh, no. That was one of those times I should have turned down Mitch's generosity. Cause Mitch was like, cause he threw it out to me. We're hanging out. He was like, Dude, I'll get you out because I was probably complaining like, man, I got done up here. No, here. You, what are you talking about? You're a lunatic. The, yeah. That's the best thing you took it. I did. I took it. I took it. I felt bad, but I took it from, I was like, you know, I, I'll that take was you not, that, <laughs> No, Mitch also, there's, a, I'm sure I, I'm writing a book. I've been off to write a book. Mitch also had this you philosophy, are. which got us into trouble is, he didn't like to say no to anything because it's negative. Like to the point of if you offered him a piece of gum and he didn't want it, he'd still say yes. That's how fucking on point he was. So that got us in trouble. That that got us to the point where our hotel room would fucking ring all night from fans because he wouldn't lie. He wouldn't say, hey, he'd say this is my hotel, but then he'd hide, right? You know what I mean? No, you you should have taken it. That's fucking, that's, yeah, I that's took the it. thing. Think about it. That's the thing you remember. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And I then another time. him buying people shit that's out of control. The oh, he was he so died, uh, I had I'll tell you guy. the other one he did was oh, yeah? really cool was, oh, and I think, I'm not sure. No, Lynn, I think you weren't there. There was one Sacramento that you weren't there. Right. Which was, you know, he was, but I did get to smoke pot with him. I brought weed. 
So that was that's not, wild. I, I, we should talk. And about that was it during because... his kind of drinky coke phase. I guess it just wasn't around. So I got to smoke pot. Maybe I him. wasn't. Maybe I hadn't met him yet. No, no, you guys were still running. You just didn't work that week. It was another random week. But he took me and my cousin. I had this cousin, and he took yeah. us to. Uh, uh, where's the place you get the blooming onion? The Australian joy Outback, Outback. Oh yes, we no, balled I was out. There. He balled out huge at Outback. Took me and my cousin. I and was there. I think we found. I, the think, bar, you right? yeah, I yes, think you we were there. Yeah, I think you were there. Oh, yeah, he, loved all, to throw down, he loved to throw down a steak dinner for the youngins. He yeah, loved he threw that. down a steak dinner with the blooming onion, the whole nine, and he just like literally, my mind just went. this dude is the coolest guy yeah yeah no just being kind just doing the thing that you wanted yeah like i remember when i met him he taught me about many like like we he would sometimes bump up listen this is crazy so we flew all the time together and if we didn't get seats together he would walk around the plane and offer people two hundred dollars cash to change so we could sit together. Aww. And I'd be going crazy. I'd be like, we could buy we could buy a blender with that. And he was like, no, 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 money, that's not how money works. And he, 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 when he did comedy, he was broke for 10 years. He bombed for 10 years. His girlfriend helped him so much at the time. Yeah. But he knew money would come. He never sold any merchandise. He was all about the jokes. So when the money came, put it this way. I don't know, do you ever, do you ever go to a casino? Yeah, I played casinos. I, yeah, I like to go to a casino. I haven't been in a year. But when you win at a casino a little bit of money, thousand bucks, the first thing that's enjoyment is I'm gonna buy around. It's that joy of it. And that's what he got that. Like yeah. I have great stories where like fans would have driven and he'd get them hotels. And I used to go ape shit in the beginning. I'd be like, what the fuck? And then it clicked, I understood it. I understand. Yeah, and now the, I regret saying no to things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta you gotta but he was wild and you know, weirdo yeah. artist and eccentric and nice and cool, yeah. but also yeah. moody and all of it, like all complex human he, beings. One thing one thing there's a there's a permanent there's a um myth about Mitch that he had huge stage fright. And that, that's not true. Like I think people people love him because he was vulnerable, but they really only see like people like think about it. People love him just from his um, CDs and Letterman's. Not much stuff. So he's loved, but they don't know tons about the live antics that went on. I I've seen him had do shows where I like almost killed myself, and then I saw him do shows that transcended fucking time and space. It was like a sexual fucking energy. No, yeah. That he knew he's like some shows have to crash and burn, Lynn. You you can't rely because I'd be in the back going. Do your Dufresne joke, because I knew it would kill <laughs> and he wouldn't. Because he knew he had to crash and burn sometimes to build it up. Yeah. Oh. It, if you keep relying on the jokes, it's bad. But, um, but no, so, he yeah, always would take the risk. Like, it's just risky. Yeah. Like, he came from, like we were saying, the 90s, where all these hacks just wouldn't do risks, and it almost mm-hmm. killed stand-up comedy. It almost killed it, because no, it just it got was- so lame. Nobody was fucking with it. And doing terrible road material yeah but that's what i think is honorable about mitch like true stand-ups and it's not the same thing every day true stand-up to this day your job is to go around and do jokes in different places that's what it really is to lie yeah 
Do you think it's dead for real? No, I think it was. No, I think stand up. No, last night I did a show in Brooklyn, like, and it's the middle of the pandemic. I haven't left the house, but I find this dude was nice. I haven't done it. And I promised, I turned down, like I turned down a week in Arlington draft Were you worried house. about the muscle, like gone or were you No, excited? I love, the leather jacket's still there. A little bit, but I've been in New York for the last, you know, since I've seen you. And I haven't been blowing up in New York, but I have been steadily. You're steady, yeah. Yeah, doing sets like at the alt rooms in front, in front of uh, the cellar crew, in front of the state. Yes. I've done, and then all the hipster shit. And then I toured yes. with Tracy Morgan with, you know, uh, Urban, wow. you know, a whole other thing that I can't, you know, fake the funk there either. So it's like, uh, the, I, I don't, I'm i not afraid always, of stand-up. Like, I, I'm not afraid I, of it. I know how I to do it. I sort of gave up on the world. I thought that once Mitch died, I'm like, I'm too old. I'm not allowed to do it. But you, you, and you were like, Mitch, you value the fact that, like, I get to have a creative life. Oh, my God. It's kind of amazing. But you yeah. still got to hustle. It's a hustle. And it's it really hustle. is. It's but you're, but don't you kind of think, oh my God, how did I pull this off? I get to I know. be a goof. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. That's why you got to appreciate, you know, all those gigs and appreciate, you know, just like, you know, when you get to do it. I think I do, a, a, I bum out because, you know, the, the world is teetering. I love the, the world is like teetering on this weird thing, but. Do you think like, like sometimes, you know, the we're seeing in the world a lot of cause and effect, like this coronavirus causes people to do this. So this industry's dying. Like, it's weird. Like, is New York done? Like, is it, like, I'm, I'm still of the thing of like, where America's America, the good guys win, but it's not like that. It's fucking nuts. And I think we're all, I think everyone's shattered. Like, oh no, what if it doesn't get back to, not normal, but, but back to what we think is okay. Cause it's all an illusion anyway. It's just now the curtains have been torn. Like it's a crazy. And so like, what do you, I think, I think amazing, like, you know, when you see like in um, a city and a plant is coming through a crack, yes. you know, that's what I think is happening a lot too. Like people are shining, but also we oh, still they found need, a 30 foot snake on the subway. We need, <laughs> we need garbage trucks. We need sanitation. So what yes. the fuck? And we need food. Like it's crazy. What do you think? I think, oh uh, yeah, we need society. And, but I do think this is a time, like, I think we're all one big organism and we yes. got sick. There's a, fl- like, we're all connected. So the, our yes. organism, there's some weird bug that's fucking everything up. And we're all like, yo. I know, it, like, it couldn't be laid out more obvious that it's all like this affects this effect. Like, it's so obvious. It's beyond, like, like, I remember someone who smiles at me from like a year ago, I can get that energy. That's how cause and effect the world can be. So it's so obvious right now, like it's beyond, like there is no, I did it myself. That doesn't even, that's not even real. So it's so wild when people are thinking like, like I need my this, it, like you don't exist without it. Like, yeah. And that's the whole thing too, like denying if the, wor- if, if the world is sick or the planet is sick to be like, whatever, like you're crazy, you're crazy. You don't exist without it. It's uh, yeah. We don't exist like, without the planet, and we don't. Yeah, like, yeah. like it's all it's all connected. So it's like I do think it's just us a wake up call to be like, hey, we got to take better yes. care of ourselves. We got to take better care of our mind. We got to take and, care and, of each other. Yeah, it really is. And the thing is, 
even when everything was going fast, we spoke those sentences like "be well." It, it, like they're they're universal truths that have been going on forever. You know what right. I mean? It's just it's just existential. I think people who are fighting back, it's like they feel they feel like they're extinct, like going into extinction, whereas they don't realize they're connected too. So I understand that fear too. I understand the fear, the existential fear of like. Oh, I don't matter. It does, you know, like, oh, all the things I cared about aren't real. That can be so painful and scary, but you got to get over it, right? Yeah, you got to get over it. It's overwhelming, but we're also, shit works out. Like, I mean, things go down, but they also come back up. So it's like, what I've learned is like, like, oh, that's privileged of you to say it. And I get really mad at that sort of like, it's privileged, like, you don't get to decide the value of people's pain. You know what I mean? Or anything or growth. Like, and, and everybody, I think people, the myth that people have been sold is, is if you have money in this, you're happy. I think, I oh, think yeah. that's why people think other people are privileged. Whereas that's a whole other not truth either. It's wild. Yeah. The, yeah. But there is, when you're suffering with no money and you have kids, oh. that's, fear and that's I've always said the five most or six most dangerous words in the English language is I have a family two feet six words because people will do anything people will go to war so like it's wild you know so people are having to struggle it's hard it's hard but I do know when things get tough people reach out more I think so too you know, they're, people reach out more and people, you know, they're like, oh, shit, so-and-so got fucked up. But somebody, their old friend pops up and people it's people true. are connected in ways that they're like, but not, you know, we, we don't do it perfect, but we do help each other and try are to reach you, out. Are you, is it hard or easy for you to ask, reach out and ask pe- people for help? Or do you recognize, yeah, it's, it's hard to recognize when or how? Yeah, it's hard to recognize, especially with show business that you got to do it. It's a part of the yeah. gig. But yeah. I've also come into the philosophy, you in order to be, it's the same thing with this loud zoo, but in order to be, to get something, you have to, it has to be given to you. What do you mean? Just meaning like, okay, you want to be on this show. Right. I can go directly to the dude that runs it and go, hey, hey I, I want to be on this show. You should put right. me on the show. And that right. might work. Right. Or you could be so good that he's like, Hey, you got to be, you know what I mean? You go so a little bit of things like he, he viewed me and him as a unit. It's us and the world. And sometimes I fought against that and I look back now and see it, but I remember him saying, he goes, let's get to the, we'll get to the point. No, we can't be denied. Like he had that kind of thing. Yeah. That's the thing. And he put in the fucking work. Like he he deserved it, but he's, he understood too. Like he goes, you get to the point you're undeniable. He goes, even if my manager fires me and show business hates me, we can still find a room and put on a show. Like he understood, he thought that way. Whereas I was always worried a little bit more about his career. Like what if this, and I, I regret it so much, but I was also put in that position. Yeah. I, and you I, guys got wrapped up. I mean, he had the best agent. It was rock star Hollywood and full effect, but he was right. Like the older I get with this stuff, it's like the artist is really no, driving. The artist is driving the machine. He got, he got in trouble. He goes, you don't understand. My manager's amazing. But trust me, he left Kurt Cobain and all these people. We're doing things that 
these people admire, they just don't do them. We're just different. And I had a hard time buying that about myself because I didn't see myself that way. But he'd be like, we're sexy, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and sexy in the way he used sexy as a word of like, it's a little bit a spoiled run, like we can get away with shit, but not bad stuff. But he's like, we put in the work so we can enjoy the fruit. I don't know. I think I don't he know. created value. He created value. Yeah. yeah. I think he created value. Like you create, your art creates value. Like yes. There's, yes. there's Mitch, the artist, and then there was Mitch, the person. And I love the yeah. artist, but I really love the person. I loved you guys. Yeah. Just as regular people, yes. like if I worked at a, at a, a, a you know, if we worked at, at Shop and Stop together, we would be friends. You know, I would totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? So I was a fan of the. Mitch fa- was but- as happy being a cook as he was doing comedy. When he was, a, he only had two jobs in his life. And one of them was a cook in the kitchen. And he was like. I came in and he goes, I had to, I was, I was the one that chopped. And he goes, and then my goal was, I want to be a cook. And I reached my goal. And he was the guy back there at that time, long hair, high, happy. And he would do it well. Like he had pride in doing like, if he had, like, he, like, if he made something and I was always jealous, like jealous, but like, I'm like, I didn't know how to know to enjoy things. I was always like, I have to do this to do this. But yeah, it's cool. Like you said, no, yeah, you're right. No, I get it. Together, you'd be laughing. Yeah. No, and the other yeah. thing, Lynn, no, another realization I've come to, and we're both this, it's uh, the most laid back people, like the most people that are like, yo, I'm so laid back and I'm that way, are the most high strung underneath. <laughs> They're the most high stress. Like Mitch was organized. Yeah. I remember seeing his organizer. Like he pulled out his organizer. It was just all numbers and dates. And then he had stats. Oh my, my. Of, and it was like, this guy wasn't playing around. Like he was, no. or, he was organized. He, knew, he also, he was like, he was like, you do this so that when we get to somewhere, he's like, so that we can also hang out in a hotel for three days. Like he did it. But that blew my mind about him too. So I met him, I saw him, and then I saw him do a set and it was kind of magical. And then we kind of met and fell in love kind of fast and it was kind of crazy. So I, okay, so I met him in Toronto, he was working. There was a guy opening up for him that was cock blocking him like a motherfucker. (laughs) So anytime I would go talk to Mitch, he wouldn't. He just cock blocked Mitch all the time. And I want to write the story about cock blocking makes the heart go fonder because this guy kept us apart. So by the time we ended up with the conversation, it was like fire. <laughs> so it was like friends. And then that was like in October. And he was when he went back to New York and it was like, oh, that was kind of a fling. But like it was special. So then he flew back to Canada two weeks later and we hung out. And then he said to me, he goes, hey, man. Cause I wanted, I wanted to go like, I, prior to that, I do only been doing comedy for like a year and a half, but I'd already had a fucking hundred thousand development deal. It was, it was nuts. Mitch is a, uh, okay. Lynn is a very good joke writer and funny on herself and just a but Canadian to the core. Canadians are good at comedy. Bonnie's I, I good at comedy. I never really was great at it, but. No, you, you, uh, your your jokes are, your jokes are great. And I was going to share one that you and Mitch yeah. were working on. Uh, and I've always kept this in my heart and I've never okay. said it to anybody, but it, it never made his album. But remember oh. the joke you guys were working on is like, you've never seen a fat robot. Yes. 
Well, here's the thing. I want to make it clear. I never helped Mitch write jokes ever. He that was his thing. He was that actually was his thing. Very, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. We he, would you punch up? Would what? you punch up or tag or uh, anything? No, it would be like if on stage, if he he would know. This it's very intense. Like okay, so let's go back to he didn't really have stage fright. He gotten past that. That's a bit of a myth. But he was yeah. vulnerable and super self aware, which makes you a little crazy, like soft. And he loved stand up. Like you could, like he loved charging the stage. He loved a hot he crowd. Loved he oh, loved. He would sit back in the green room and shake his head, like hearing the crowd, knowing yes. that he was about he to get into his rhythm. It was all about the rhythms, and yeah. sometimes. I would be backstage and he knew exactly where I was at all times. It was crazy on stage. Like he knew if I'd left the building, I don't know how he knew, but he knew. Yeah, and it was, was like, we were connected. So when he was on stage, him and I knew the rhythm, almost like, you know, when you watch like um, a meter of sound and it goes up and down, him and I knew exactly which joke could only go to the maximum side. And sometimes when it would crash through that, he'd go linear, it passed, it went up. Like he could do a joke for four years and it would only hit there. But yeah. if it crashed over, I, like it would be connected. Him and I would both know, oh my God, it went to a different thing. So that is sort of how I, I was with him. But I didn't write with him, but we were experiencing the exact same life. But uh, after he died I've got his notebooks and I noticed some of the jokes that he did within the last four months were sprung from ideas from a joke book from 10 years before so comedians never throw out your jokes yeah never throw out your jokes and another thing is if you're too topical you can't do that as much but like I realized oh my god that's a joke that he had that he was brewing on and kind of got back to so I didn't help him write jokes but but we were the same. But when he first started out, it was all about the writing. He, he, I also have audio recording. He, he was so obsessed. He would carry an audio recorder and a note that like he bought into it big time. Yeah. He loved it. Once he found like, out so the, uh, yeah. Later on, he could write so fast. So, so we'd be in our motorhome and he'd go, Lenny, can you write purple, purple house down? And I'd write it in a notebook, things like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you, so you had done that and then um, like he, but also he was kind of a leader, a competent guy. He, he run the show. Yeah, so, he, but you, yeah, he did. So you went from that era and then how did you get to on? I remember after that you got on a TV show and I remember Mitch going, fuck man, how'd that kid get? Up? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I shook up the whole like, thing, man. I know, and, but I didn't like, get. I didn't make the crazy money like everybody else from Last Comic Standing. I hit because yes. it was the very first season, so the old guard was like, "What the fuck just happened?" I, I mean, I walked on primetime television, you know, one hundred percent, and that was before all the anybody I did it. Going, this dude's on fucking fucking primetime in people's homes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, homes doing stand up. Yeah, it was yeah. insane and an awesome break and an awesome fucking ride. Like it's I had a great time, but I was very young. Gave you money to ha- keep doing it. Keep yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I quit a job. I got I, I was signed with Barry Katz. I quit my job and I started opening for Jay Moore. After that, I started. To, I got in with that camp, and th- that was going to be my mainstream thing because I was an SF comic. I was a weirdo. Yeah, smoke, my my open mic days was just smoke pot all during right, right, right. Perform, Do you remember any of the hang out with Spiegelman that you hung out with? Who were who were you? Oh, dude, my you? first sets. I like I remember seeing 
My first comedy show blew my mind that I went and saw at the punchline and the lineup was W. Kamau Bell, Al Madrigal, yeah. Uh, yeah. Arge Barker, you know, Harmon uh, Leon. Arge is a fucking force of nature. Force Arge of nature. I saw him come out of Australia, like his first, Mitch like second. Him. Yeah, and he just destroyed, Mitch loved him. Mitch Nothing loved but respect him. him. And Arge Mitch loves Mitch. But he knew Mitch could Mitch could point someone that was their own entity, and he he loved Arch, loved him, yeah, 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 How very Arch much. Doing? Arch and Mitch were. I mean, if you look at my old stuff, there is definitely some Mitch and Arch as all of us start out, you know. Sure, sure. But Arch, I never. I will go Arch on record. I never stole anything from Mitch, but right. I did listen. I never stole any jokes from Mitch, but I was a stoner, and I did learn. Uh, one-liners from Mitch and Arge sure. and Attell, like those. Sure. And once you Attell. learn that, you just learn how to write a joke. I yeah. learned from the very fucking best. Well, watching David Tell just do a set for a comedian is like watching like Tony Hawk on a skateboard. It just, it just, it's like for other people, like just, and, and I don't mean sets, just w- watching it from what the abilities are. It's like, yeah, but yeah, Arch, it was from the building there, there was less Arch hype. Arch like beautiful. He's like nature. Yeah. He's like a whole, Mitch respected that. Like it's wild, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I, I caught myself on a tape was, and we can't even say it anymore, was after a joke, I said, that joke was retarded. Right, and right. That was one of Mitch's saver lines. So yes. I did, I did do a saver yes. line on the yeah. road. And then I listened to it. I was like, oh, shit, that's what Mitch does. I got to stop doing that. Yeah. But, uh, and but he also, you, like, um, I also learned, and this is interesting, the audience picks up on everything. Because if, like, people would forget, sometimes I think audiences forget that comedians, most of them, they're always trying to be funny. Even if they're like, God damn, that sucked. And harm himself. Like I, I bet you audiences today are like, you can't talk mean about yourself. Blah, blah, blah. But everything's for a laugh too. But it's yeah, like, everything. It was just a saver like, line, just a throwaway to get the rhythm. Think that you don't that you don't have confidence. Like there's so many things. Yeah. Yeah, so many things. But then, uh, but you guys were like a shining star because I went through this whole last comic weird reality show. Every That's comic a was crazy thing to go through. Dude, I, I could say, yeah, people were trashing me. Everybody's, and I was just like trying to brutal. figure out. Yeah, 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 it's brutal. It was weird. And it you was, don't even know about that yet. And like, I didn't even know the road. I didn't know how managers worked. I didn't even know how agents worked. I was oh. pure from, I was pure from the goofball pure. ranks. You still and, are uh, kind of pure, you know? Yeah, I, but, I, but I was just like, and then, but uh, I broke off from Barry Katz and Jay Moore. I broke off, and that was a big decision. That's like, hard to do, too. I had to go you through that. And you think it might be the biggest decision in the world. You forget you can do what you want. It's, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't work. Like, you could just tell when a relationship doesn't work. It's like, dang, right. it's just like, I'm just not, this is just not what I do. Right, but then right. it was... Uh, Jeff Wills booked me to open for you guys on that opening. I first got to open for Dave Attell, Lewis Black, Mitch Hedberg. I did so that. You've been doing, you've been like still doing the hustle, but the, also love writing and in San Francisco going and doing with Mike. Yeah, but and all my old school road. friends like Molly and Jeff Wills would look out for me and throw me shit. And yeah. so Jeff Wills threw me, it was like, yo, you know, I'm doing uh, Stephen Lynch and Mitch Hedberg. I can give you 15 dates right now. I was like, Okay. Yes, let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that was a huge, it was almost like you guys were my escape route. So I was just right. like. Well, here's the Ooh. thing. I thought, 
But then you I guys were, like your rocket was crazy. Legend, I feel like Mitch and I became kind of legendary. Yes. Because we were kind of really private, but people knew about us. But I, but it's hard to know because you're living it. So we were in our own bubble too. We were, if, if, if you looked at our calendar the year before he died, it's insane how much we worked. But um, seeing you, I, but seeing you, you were, I think you were calming to Mitch and made him feel silly because it got intense. Like we never had any casual shows anymore. Like Sunday nights were like fucking power people. Like he never really had time to just do silly fucked up shows with 10 people. It wasn't like that anymore. It was mm-hmm. intense of people. Cause also Cause he was thing. the first guy that started tapping, like doing theaters, like before, we like got into theaters. We even used our own money because he wanted to make the jump. And people like the only people doing theaters were like Seinfeld, like that yeah, kind of people. completely. Or, like you like, had to be old school legend. Like nobody in those ranks, like people don't understand. They didn't do theaters. Or like they, Bob yeah. Newhart. Yeah. No, no one did it. We got Mitch was like, I want to do theaters, and we you would, guys were. We would make our own ads and stuff. Like we were pre-Instagram. I have them cut out and we put them in the newspaper and we'd lose some money. But he was like, I want like if he if he'd have lived during the social media, all he would have had to do then was go, I'm doing a show and it would have been done. Like, yeah. but we were we were working. But yeah, he he loved that in a way. He loved promo. Yeah, he, he loved the whole he gig. Did. Oh, back to the organizer. So we met and he was like, okay. If you want to meet, like, let's hook up. Meet me in Los Angeles, November the 6th at this terminal at this time, if you want to hang out. And I just went, yeah, okay. And I met him. And then that's it. We never stopped being here. <laughs> but we met him. And I was still in this, he's ethereal. Is he real? He was like, he was like a magical entity. And we get to the airport. And so, like, it was, that was kind of like our solidification we're together, we love each other. And then he pulled out, he had like cards to national car, the car, like he fucking knew all hotels, all hotel airlines. I was blown away. I was like, who are you? Like, I thought he was like this cloudy, gaseous thing, but he fucking, he's like, I've got hotel rooms, here's my points. Like he was hardcore too. He was a boss. That was the one thing I remember, he wasn't that much into hip hop. Like I want to talk about his music a little bit, but yeah. I remember him rapping this slim thug. I know all hip hop, especially '90s shit. That's what blew us away too. When we took that limousine, yeah. and we were like, "Oh my god, this guy's more. This is like he's an urban. He's a he's trying." I grew to up in Washington D.C. in the '70s. I grew up in the blackest city in America in the '70s. Wow. Like, I, that I went to public school with. Not, it was ninety-seven percent black inner city northeast. Yeah. So. Yeah. I got that background, so I, I love hip-hop. Like that, I remember the Chappelle show, you were loving that. And, I was loving and the Chappelle didn't show. didn't like anything too squeaky clean either. Mitch didn't like things that were too squeaky clean. Yeah, I was a little dirty. Yeah, I was a little yeah. bit more dirtier and louder than Mitch, because I love, you know, I just, back then I was just, all my influence, anything I thought too. was cool was just a big yeah. mash ball of it. Yeah, and, But yeah. you and Mitch were in there, and uh, I was, I was going to say, I just want to go back so we just get the record because okay. I've seen a lot of fucking comedy. I've seen it 20 years and the hardest I ever seen anybody kill. And I've been there with Tracy, I've been there with Chappelle, 
But Mitch Hedberg. Tracy Morgan is funny in his bones. Bones. No, there's some people that are naturally funny. That's what we talk about too. There's funny, and then there's he's funny in his arteries. It just and I think you it. got that, Lynn. I wanted to. You got that. I, I I looked you up today on the internet right before he's talking, and I your picture popped up, and you were on like your hair thing, and. Well, I don't know. I just started I giggling. I was just like, this chick is crazy cool and funky, and that, those I, are the best chicks. You're the best chicks. I don't see my myself that way and I had I, I had an I fell I left this office and it was five o'clock and it was dark out and it was an open rear gate of a, of a wardrobe and I tripped in it it was like oh. 6 p.m and I landed and I knocked out all my upper teeth last year and so and then me and my boyfriend I had been dating amazing comedian TV John Doerr and him and I had broken up recently so last year I became kind of isolated with like and I had to like I these are like fake dilled in my head I had like operations on my mouth and I was confused and I forgot I think like I thought I don't see myself the way so it's just really sweet and I I can't tell you how much I appreciate it I just think you're the coolest I just think you're cool and like better yeah, and I, I just know. But I don't know. I'm always trying to fix myself. Like, don't I, fix I, yourself. I'm friends with Doug Stanhope, not as much, but we hung out several years ago. He's and I'm nice. always, I do this, and he's like, he goes, what, what about the concept of you're just great already? Have you ever thought of that? And I was like, you're crazy. Like, you know, I'm always like, well, why can't I get my shit together? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he is who he is because he accepts he's himself. Wild. And Mitch loved him too. Yeah. And Mitch, you you don't have to, you just have to find your own Zen. You know, you have to find the Lynn Shawcroft way of going through life. You don't have to find the Mitch Hedberg way. All these messages come in and my brain is like, my brain is like um, a Dyson. It's like, and my brain would be like, if you looked at it, it would be like a, like a, a light TV life, 600 pound fat lady. You know what I mean? That's my brain. It, it eats everything and it's not good. So it'll pick up this and it, it'll like, like I would tell people like there, I have a portion of my brain that's the Holocaust thinking about it, understanding it thing. But also I use the same amount of room for a stupid like billboard and dumb things. So it's all coming in. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a fuck up. And time goes by and I'm like, I'm just, I'm just getting older as a fuck up. And I'm and my my I, I can't have it, I can't change my fundamental things I'm trying to change, which is so stupid, which is a trap we all fall into, don't you think? I think it's completely and I go into it and as as zen as I get, it'll fall off within a day or two. You know, it's it's a constant. Do you have anxiety? Practice. Oh, I have intense anxiety. I think that's why I always smoked pot. That that was my way of yeah. dealing helps. with anxiety. You know, I I, I think it, it either the thing about, uh, this is the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I am having CBD uh, tea, just right. so we get the viewers and stuff like that. Yeah, I would that. like to have you because I'm just going to do marijuana real quick. Um, yeah. I grew up in Canada, drank. Every time I smoked pot, I'd turn into, like, as John Doerr says, if you're like a Canadian beer drinker and then you have a joint, you turn into Frankenstein. So pot, my brain can't go on pot because it's already, it'll make leaps. My brain will leap. Everything to the point of the whole world will disappear. No, alcohol and pot so, doesn't mix together. You know, crazy. I gave up drinking. But like, just pot like, anyway. But pot soothes you. Someone yeah, said to me, it's like nature's prose. Like, 
but what it but sometimes it does it's not that. perfect you know sometimes it's not you know it's still psych I, I tell people don't you know it's a psychoactive definitely don't yeah. do it before you're 18 you got to let your brain grow yes yeah and um you don't want to do it at a hard time and anything that you do over and over becomes there's a dark side to everything a hundred percent. So I mean, it, it is just like the thing like that I've found. Thing is not good. Yeah. 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 But 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 the thing about Labatt's in Canada and drinking is the only thing about drinking is drinking when you get you could drink forever when you're 20, uh, but when you hit yes. 25 to 35, that's when Mr. Cocaine Man comes. Because guess and, what? And you can drink the heaviest fucking thing. Yeah. Like now, like beer, like now, like. To get where you want with alcohol, it's like two or three drinks, and then it's sloppy, and then the next day. So I, I and I get drink. emotional I when I drink. Drink, but I don't get, I don't care about it anymore. I would find depression. I would get my deepest depressions. My hair looks like shit. No, your hair looks dope. You look awesome. Lynn. I have to cut it on my own. I look, I look awful. It's no, okay. you don't. You look like Lynn. You look great. Look at that really? smile. I, that's another that's... thing too. Is when last year when I hurt my teeth. I think I got a little um, just, just what's it called? Just dysphoria. Yeah. I didn't know what I looked like, so I would go out and I thought I thought I looked like a monster. That happened after Mitch died too. I was so fucked up. I thought that I looked like a like a like a crazy creature, and people were scared of me, but they were polite. That's where my head went. I go a little crazy, so sometimes I don't know what I look like. You gotta get, give yourself a break. And I'm telling yeah. you, you got to get on the Eckhart toll. I don't want to be preaching. You're exactly who you are, too. Like, at the end of the day, like, 15 years might have gone by, but you you still talk the same. Your head still moves in the same way. Like, things, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, you're right? the same way. That's what I talk to people about vibes. It's like, and that's why I think, I mean, I think Mitch's vibe is eternal. Like, I yeah. think your vibe is eternal because I know your vibe. You know my vibe. Even if I wasn't in this yeah, room. You, like, if you were walking by and I hadn't seen you, I would know it was you. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, and it's I, kind of, you know, We don't talk all the time. No. Or things. But that's the cool thing about social media. I know it's so weird. It's a comforting thing. Like, I'll flip by. Oh, there's Ron. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all. You know what I mean? But I forget that people would do that about me. I think, like... I think people are like, can she just give up already? I don't know. I, I'm hard, very hard on myself. I'm very- we all are. We all are hard on ourselves. And the thing yeah. that I always say is it doesn't matter. You got to just let it go. And, no, and the other thing is nobody is looking at you as intensely as you think. Everybody's no, thinking the that. same yeah. thing about themselves. Yes. So in essence, you're not even showing up on people's radar. You I might, totally understand that. A little but blip. I also get obsessed like... Is, is anyone, is there a real, is there a, is there a crew of people that understand what's going on? No, They're, we're all just different lunch tables. It's all okay. But I didn't, I don't even feel like I'm a part of the comedy world at all because I don't do it really. So I'm like, oh, I can't talk about it. Yeah, but no, you, you still do sets, you tour, you've written stuff, you, you document Mitch is stuff. Yes, and I'm, I'm documenting stuff. It's, people ask me all the time, and I know it's taken a long time. I spent years going, who gives a fuck? Mitch isn't going to get to see it. Like, re, like, I was very kind of like, and I was very like, um, like, I'm atheist, whatever. But yeah. to the point of like, 
well, he's gone. He doesn't get to see it. So who cares? Like, why should, why you ha- like, I was a little, I was all fucking defensive, very defensive. And now I'm just like, I, I got to share this dude. I got to bring his love back. People are needing it. And he's, he's got it. And he's, he, he'll give it to you. And I got to share this. I can't be, I can't get hit, hit by a truck and lose it. So I got to get it together. You're the only one that has That's the, ju- you're the only one that has the jugs. The, well, so the, many, the you don't even know who's asked me to do stuff. Like people would be like, what? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I and know. I want to do it, but I, I don't know how to do the business. So I get very confused very fast. And then and I shut down and then people think I'm a flake. Just keep Whatever. it simple. Keep yeah. it simple. Deal yeah. with who's the vibe is right. And don't yeah. rush, Lynn, do it right. And you're a great oh, writer. Oh, no, it's going to be right. But I, yeah. also, I also have to, like, a few years ago, Stan Hope goes, you got to trust somebody. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, look, talking to you, you don't even understand. This is like eating something healthy to me. Thank you. I feel the same way, Lynn. I'm, you have crazy insight. And you and Mitch were just... I can't tell you how kind and cool you guys were. And some of those shows, I'll tell I you one of the, the- Like, do people, people have, like Mitch has a bit of a legendary status. I don't even know if the new comics know about him, but they fucking will. Do you know me. Joe Para, who Joe Para is? I've heard of his name, yeah. He has a very dry, it's almost like this- Yes, older, yes, yes, I know, yes, yes, yeah. Okay, Joe Para, and then Dan Delcada, he's a writer for SNL now. And these yeah. guys came up to me and they were like, Rob, we were in high school and we were at Buffalo theater shows and we saw you open up for Mitch Hedberg and you were wearing a karate suit. And you're like, and there's a fucking story behind that. Uh, yeah, there's a whole story behind all of that. Yeah. And, uh, I, but those guys are cool. Like those guys are the coolest. Like Joe you know, does I his own thing, made his deal with that, Adult there's Swim. There's so many did, people that know about Mitch little periphery so you have a bit of the story in the mythology we got to put it together he was beautiful and he taught me so many things and i gotta fucking smarten up and share that because it's valuable it's valuable. and appreciate it i mean you had seven years you guys camped out and got tents and did big theaters oh, and drove like rvs and had cabins and crazy fun stuff and so fun yeah 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 it's so amazing and uh you do crazy shit i'll tell you a story this is who bitches so We'd be on the road and, oh, also we have a cabin in the mountains and we, and, and it's such a small town that you don't get mail delivered. So we had a PO box and stuff. And so, so we, we, we went to post office a lot, like, cause we were always on the road. We, I don't know why we like post office. You guys Mitch, did Mitch do that. Liked sending things to people. He hated things like on birthday, but <clears throat> I remember being in a post office and um, I was doing stuff, filling stuff out and he was just meandering around you know, we were always sort of together. And then I noticed him like mailing something and then off and we left and I go, what happened in there? And he goes, oh, I saw this lady. She was um, sending mail to someone. So I copied the address and I got a card and I put a hundred dollar bill in there. And I was like, and, and I was like, hey, Bill, see you next month. And he sent it to this random stranger. And this guy must have got a hundred dollar bill and still to this day not know what the fuck was going on. So he was mischievous. He would do (laughs) So you're saying he sent a hundred dollar bill to a stranger for no reason? And then he'd be like, hey, Nancy, um, good times at the cab. Like, you know what I mean? And he'd send it off. And that's like my we never knew where it went. Like he didn't have to know the payoff. 
because he knew it was ridiculous. Like he was into that shit, you know? Yeah, he was into that shit. That is so fucking silly and cool and dope. And And that's what you guys were to me. If I have anything to say to comedy, it's like, don't forget silly. Um, Intelligence is amazing. Being poignant. I think think social media has made a lot of comics wanting to tell it like it is. Don't forget silliness. Silliness Yeah, just people want to laugh and people want to just... People just like I just did a show last night, and people are need, people need Mitch right now. People need that Mitch vibe. They want happiness because everybody's so bummed I'm out. So and- because I have actually Mitch and I filmed on sixteen millimeter film four shows that I've edited into a special that could come out, and I'm in the middle of like trying to deal with people to help me get it done. And it's like, fuck! I wish this was out right now because like Todd Glass sent me a text who I love the best. Um, like several months ago. And he goes, me and my friend are like, like Mitch is, we need Mitch now. And, and, and I'm very protective. I'm like, what if he gets criticized? And I've got to like go, he's fucking, he's a big boy. He's, he's a big fun. boy. And his, his, his materials, his material. He's great. He's yeah. One yeah, of the best. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a good special. So it'll be good. Yeah. yeah. And what about you? What do you got coming up? I'll let you go. No, I, I mean, I'm just uh, the cannabis coffee hour, everybody. Just tune in and s- subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, we're getting this up and moving. I got some gigs coming up. I'm working on a, a music project. And oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've done some rap tunes. You set up your house. I love your wall and your guitar. You set up your house so you can work. You're always kind of working on projects and it's fun for you. You don't dread emails or anything. No, That's no, I'm making beats. I'm writing got notebooks here with jokes. I'm pumping, pumping things. I got weed. I got CBD drinks. Where are you in? Is that your little office? No, this is my bedroom. Oh, cute. That's just my bedroom. Oh, it's so nice. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. My wife is clean and mean. Just got her, just, just, you know, regular, right? Uh, she's just sweet and nice. And it just is my bedroom. And this is the shit I work out on. Are you in deep LA? Where are you at these days? I'm in West Hollywood. Oh, that's cool. Like I live, like if you went out my door and went up a little thing, you'd be at the comedy store in two minutes. But I never try and ask for sets because I, I feel like I'm not allowed. I should though. Like, you should. I think they would put you up. You know how to do it. You're funny. Yeah. I got to believe in myself. But but also I'm like, I'm too old. No one's going to listen to me. But, but who cares, right? Well, with comedy, you could be old and still funny. Yeah, I mean, exactly. nobody's cooler That's than Rodney Dangerfield. Like, if you if you've got funniness in you, you should, you can never run out of material ever. Yeah. If it's you just have to keep it in your mind and keep your confidence going. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so we'll say goodbye. But I just want to say, so how? So were the audience were they wearing masks? How did it work? Oh yeah, everybody had masks, and it was an outdoor venue, Bushwick, where it's like kind of these warehouses out there. It's kind of hipsterville, but this yeah. was like an outside bar, so they had like a big tent. And they had lights and the DJ was pumping weird beats. And it was in the middle of the night. And I went over there, it was eerie. And then I heard this laughter. And Sean Patton's on stage killing. And everybody's in masks. Sean Patton. Do you know Sean Patton? Young, good comic. I love him. Yeah. Just, you know, it was a quality comic. Dudes were laughing. People were outside. Everybody's saying, what's that? Is Bonnie McFarlane on it? No. No, she wasn't on that one. But she's doing stuff. Bonnie's a workhorse. Bonnie, yeah, I, yeah, I, like, Bonnie's not playing around. Bonnie's no, going no, in no. hard. No, I, no. I respect Bonnie and she's an inspiration. Uh, Amazing. And yeah. when I run into her, she's cool to talk to. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
uh, yeah, so it was it was super chill. And I only did 10 minutes, so I was just, my plan was just go in, do it, and get out. Like, I'd never done it before. I don't, exactly. I think I'm going to hold off, but I just wanted to try it out. That's cool, though. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. It was the same shit. <laughs> Nothing's, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you, you, everybody's kind of weird and awkward, but all stand-up shows are like that anyway. And then you get people laughing, and it, it works out. And then you just tr- get out of there. So I tried, exactly. I got some laughs spit out some new COVID bullshit and yeah, yeah. got some new jokes and then ran and then got oh, that's cool. and then that's cool. scrubbed up. I had Clorox wipes on. Oh, me. you'll be fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you, and when you, you were like, you live with people, you got to watch out. Like, I just want to know, I think I've had COVID like months ago, but I don't know. So it's all. Crazy. Yeah. You might, if I had the <laughs> antibody, I got the test and I didn't have the antibody, but my right. cousin <laughs> lives here and he had the antibody. Who did? My cousin, I have a cousin that lives here now. Yeah. And he he got the test and he does have the anna. He must have had it earlier. So he got That's the anna. Wild. So yeah. wild. It's so it's wild. a weird one. So if you had the antibody. It's a wild, weird time, yeah. Oh yeah, this is the weirdest. But it's kind of entertaining if you don't look at the horror of it. <laughs> well, yeah, the horror of it, like when something, but if you when you look at the like clowning fights and weirdness, like it's but to me, what's weird is like, oh my God, like things the ricochet of things shutting down like yeah like we still we still need our electricity like yeah. we can't let all like what if it goes to mayhem and famine i don't think it is but like we're also like a little bit in bubbles everybody like even even like hardcore people i don't know it's a weird thing yeah life is fragile is, when the people who don't believe it's real what is that about weird yeah that is so weird but i think i think people don't because it's a bummer if you need to go out and see people if you're used to being charlie dude at the bar or whatever yeah yeah but i was telling you like i've been loving this time alone like i I can i can find myself i can entertain myself i got no problem with I don't get bored yeah i don't get bored i can draw i got color i'm learning i'm terrible at the guitar i could do that i could write i'm editing shit talk about it is we didn't get to talk about pot so i thc yes. makes like i'm nervous of that so i would say stay away was like, it wasn't like it used to be like you buy pot joints da, da, da. now it's insane i feel like it surpassed me so i don't get it i would love something that um i it can go get it i sort of know what's in it that is just sort of a hmm you know what i mean and yeah. can you suggest anything is cbd for real it's yes. like in everything yeah. yeah, well, you have to get the right stuff. Hello Sunshine yeah. is the CBD. This oh, yeah. is uh, the CBD tea. Yes. And uh, so this is, you, you just make this as a tea. So it's just green tea and it has some right. CBD. And, and the CBD is like in psychoactive. How do you know it works? Just well, It's like, an overall body feeling. So right. that anxiety, so anxiety, yes. you know, when anxiety hits, it just feels like that. Well, I thing. wake every up every day with a thing in my chest. Like, it's like you're in, tr- my whole existence is like, I'm in trouble. Yeah, right it's just that electricity oh. feeling. That electricity, oh, like crazy. that. Yeah. And I think that's what causes cancer, that, cons- that ache. Yeah. And, it, and it's the fear, like, it's and it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have it. And yeah. CBD does cut that anxiety. Okay. And I will. And where would I get something like that? Like, just at a 
Like, is it illegal? It's getting it's better. Yeah, it's are? tricky because there's a lot of snake oil out there. You're right. That's the thing. All of a sudden, you're like, what are you talking about Kool Aid with CBD? You know what but I mean? But like, Oprah and Dr. I don't, it's not Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, they're coming out with a whole line of CBD. Dr. Oz is a fuck. Like, yeah, I know, but this is as mainstream as it's getting. Like, at first, the DNA or FDA wasn't down with it, but now FDA is down with CBD for anxiety. So it's coming out. Can and I will say, I was listening to the Grateful Dead channel on Sirius the other day, and they had Jerry Garcia's daughter, Trixie Garcia. And she was talking about Jerry Garcia and the band and the roadies. And she goes, my dad was a sensitive man and a great man and very good. And it was a lot like Mitch's story. And, you know, he, he... we all have issues. We all have issues and yeah. we all have demons and we all got to deal with them in certain ways. And he was like, and she was like, you know, my dad ended up getting on heroin and dying. Oh, I didn't know yet. Yeah. No, Jerry Garcia died of heroin, had a long bout with I it. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Trixie was like, thank God for cannabis legalization right now and CBD. That- yeah. Oh, God, yes. So, and that it's, it's legal. I think a lot of it's the black market. Like when you start dealing with street drugs, you're dealing with a whole ethical, as you know, like the shady element gets in yeah. there well, because it's, it's, I, a diff- it's black market. It was heroin and you never come like people would think like oh we must hang out and have this and there's a scene has anyone like you heroin just doesn't show up you gotta fucking search it out we had one dealer the whole time and i we had to fly back to do it we didn't know anybody who had it we like maybe had to get it from the streets once or twice we didn't know it's like heroin isn't just there and we never like we met someone in boston that we like like our whole fight was not to get sick. It wasn't like about doing the drug. And we were working so much. We just needed to get a break. When Mitch died about two weeks after, I just went to rehab, got off it, and that was it. You know what I mean? Like so proud of you. Like I didn't even, I don't even think of that as a big thing, but people sometimes like why one woman shows about it. But to me, that was the least <laughs> of my worries. Like some people are like write an entire movie about getting off the drug. I was just like, I won't be able to deal with his death if I'm on drugs. Like, I'm like, yeah. I just got to do it. So the, my day, Becky set it up two weeks after Mitch died. He picked me up at a hotel, took me there. And I was like making excuses. And I went in, came out a month later. And I've never even thought about it again. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh, that's really nice of Dave to do that for you. I mean, that's. Well, he knew. He was like. He knew that they could and be the a bet. That could have saved your life. Yeah, I knew I couldn't deal with Mitch's death mentally if I had to. Like, I, I we both had parents die young. It's heavy. It's heavy. Death is heavy. And I, I was a fucking widow at 35, 34. But um, yeah. another thing about Mitch is like, Mitch and I did the exact same thing. He, I could have died or he could have died. It's just like his body fluke. Like, it's like, say we drank, like both drank too much soda. Like, you know what I mean? We we did the exact same thing down to the fucking brutal. That's how equal it was. The same drug, the same thing. And it wasn't fun. It just became not getting sick, really, and working too much. But, but yeah, so it's crazy. I know. It's in... I wish just, I liked pot, though. I, I don't think you don't have to. And I would say go Eckhart Tolle. I would check out yeah, Eckhart yeah, Tolle. Yeah, yeah. But I do think CBD will help you with your anxiety. And I do yeah, yeah. think... If you're prone, if you're a creative person and you're prone 
to just liking to get fucked up, <laughs> you know? If you're just I like- I don't what, really like that. You no. don't. I always did. I enjoyed I enjoyed going out into outer space. I just did. I like being a bit drunky and um, like I would do mushrooms, but also I have a lot of baggage. You know, you know, like I, I you know what? Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I yeah, like it never yeah. crosses my mind to go out for a drink. Like maybe I will this afternoon go, go have a cocktail somewhere. I never think about that. I'm always like, Lynn, you could get your shit together. So <laughs> well, you have your like, shit together. And I just say that I think the cannabis being legal in this country is going to give a safer alternative than just alcohol, just straight up booze. Oh, and yeah, hey, get some hair. nicotine. Hey, you know, here's the coke, dude. Guess who the coke dude knows? This girl, you know, it's the. Oh, yeah, and, then, and then it really, what it all really comes about, like, because there's a euphoria and fun and you have a great time. Yeah. And then if you have the problem too, if it's, if you have cash and a connection, if you don't have either of those, you got to stick it out. So, but if you do have someone and a lot of people, like I find like, like Coke dealers, I don't really know. I don't, I, I don't know anything now, but they're always a bit of a fucker. Like, yeah, yeah. A bit of a, like here, I got something for you, but let's, let me do like, like, you know what I mean? There's all that game. And I think Mitch liked a little bit of the game too. Like yeah. he liked to watch it. He would also like, after a show, he would buy drugs for everybody and then split. Like he kind of like he was a bit of a puppet master. Fuck, he was evil. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Was he was never evil to me? But I no, will he say, wasn't. I'm joking. I I'm joking. But I will say, I, just He's on the thing him. of uh, drugs or whatever. And I, it, you're young, and and you shouldn't judge anybody. And no. a lot of it's just spending time with your friends. So it's like some of those things is like the one thing I regret and I've never done Coke, but the yeah. one thing I always regret was we did, we did, I did Cleveland with Mitch right. and uh, Shaylee came up and Shaylee right. was like, Rob, uh, Mitch and I got some great Coke, man. You got to come over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I turned him down. I was like, no. And it bummed me out because I, I wanted to have that one night that Mitch and I just spilled our guts to each other. And I thought, I think that was the time he was going to ask me, what, he was just going to open up a little bit more to me. I think right. he just, I, don't know I think that was going to be the, that was the bonding experience. But now I'm too old. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. You, the older you get, you're just like, dude, I'm just. I'm well, like, yeah, now I see it for what it is. It's just, it's like, it's something to make you anxious. It's like having too much coffee or something. Yeah. But. I, I can count on probably my thing. I can count maybe like under like a dozen or two dozen times I've ever joined coke. Maybe I've done coke maybe 18 times in my life. And it is fun, but I, I didn't even know at the time why it was fun. And I'm not good at procuring things. Like I remember once I had a joint in my purse and I like got scared. But so that's a weird dichotomy. The fact the problem with me is, is with, with opiates or heroin is, you, you get physically addicted, so you have to do it. It's a fucking yeah, ride. But it's too much work. But, but as you get older, feeling just good and healthy is enough. Is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I life agree. is going to open up. I don't want to feel too out of control. No. Yeah. It's already trippy. There's fucking... <laughs> there's, I know, like, being alive is, like, on acid anyway. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. yeah Especially yeah. with, like, the present, all this shit's going down, mask. It's yeah. already acid out. Do you worry <laughs> about all that? Or do you just go, what the fuck? I've been living on a prayer for so long. I mean, I mean, this is just no. It's just normal. It's not normal, but just like I never knew if next month was ever going to work 
don't. (laughs) I've never had that. I've never had that amount of money. I never had that much security. Right, 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 right. But and now I'm kind of slowly getting there, but I kind of don't want the super fame. I would love to just curate a cool, positive crew I know, the super fame with is you and fantastic. work with people I like and vibe yeah. with people I like. So I, I, I'm having a blast in life. I do yeah, pop off and sometimes I slip out. But on the whole, I just, I think it's a wild, you know, I know it it's is, not it forever. Kind of get like... Like I, 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 you know what I do is I set up things that I'm supposed to be worried about. Like I should be worried about that. So I am, but I don't, but like, if I just really trusted my instincts, I would be way better. But I tell myself to be like fucking crazy. It's weird. Yeah. 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 That's the trick. You're, but you, you speak the truth, Lince. These, these Well, I don't know. So it's like, you don't, also truth is very slippery now. Yeah. I'm like, is this the truth or am I just some privileged Bitch, I don't know anymore. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But the only moment we have is right now. So yeah, it's like, it really yeah. So worrying about the future, you have no control about. It. That's the super unknown. That's what so I was I talking about. Should have, I should have, I should have. And I remember John Dora would be like, "Well, you can't do anything about that." It's yeah. now for now. I'm like, but I should have written a book five years ago, and this would have happened. Like, why am I thinking? So I'm going to do Eckhart Tolle. I'm yep. going. Tell me about the five exercises. It's called the five Tibetan rites. I'm going to send okay. you it. You don't okay. have to do it. I signed but- up before before the crash or whatever. I signed up to to learn um, transcendental meditation, but then I didn't get to the time because like it became quarantine, and I gave him five hundred dollars, and I don't know how to ask for it back. And I didn't take the class. <laughs> yeah, meditation's so, like, just literally teaching. I worry about not asking, getting it back instead of actually worrying about the money. It's weird. No, I would get to try to get the money back. Get Try to get the money. Because yeah. they're meditation cats and be like, this is my life and I'm trying to do this. And I need, the, you know, you could work a good angle on that one. Try to get that well, cash Well, also, back. they're like, they're teaching something. But they're like just this little school making lots of money. They're, they're asking, they're asking getting you to pay $500 to teach you how to meditate. And I'm like, I was desperate. You know, I might need to do something. And I learned, but my friend goes, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you. So, I, but I wanted to do the right thing. But like they send me emails and I don't even open them because I'm too like, I don't want to, I don't want to use something for something without telling them the money. But I forget, keep forgetting to call. Anyway, I'll stop talking about them. I don't, I I know we could talk and we could keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And New York, I got to come for a visit. Come for a visit. Bonnie's here. I'm here. I would love to bring you to Brooklyn. I've always dreamt of us sitting down and having coffee and talking about- are you in an apartment or a house high up or down? I'm in third story of an apartment. So uh, okay. I'm in a building and I'm a, a third story, third story mm-hmm. of a of a row house. So we got right, like right. a half of a floor. It's a two bedroom apartment. The daughter's over here, right. wife in here. We got a living room. We got this whole world out here. And uh, yeah. That's, that's cool. The, and so cool. when you go out, what's the nearest kind of place for a hang or a coffee or go buy a soda or something? Oh, I got the best. It's the Fifth Avenue. So, uh, yeah, there's there's like three good coffee shops. There's a Jamaican restaurant called The Grill right across the street that's like authentic, awesome Jamaican food. Lots of um, small businesses going. Yeah, lots of small business, funky shops. It's Park Slope. It's the, I got I got a good life. I can't complain. Like, uh, it's just the kid, like there's never enough money. That's the problem with kids. That's the bit of worry. Having that's the, like, the worry is just to make the big money. But I know it will come 
If yeah. I stay positive and stay What cool, does your wife do? Or you don't have to tell me. Yeah, I can. But she runs a store. She owns a store and runs it. Wow. Yeah, my wife's no joke. And then she also yeah. teaches at FIT, which is a fashion. She used to work for Coach Head Handbags. She was right, a right. designer for handbags. Wow. So, yeah, my wife is you call funny. Her Piler? What's that? What's her name? Piler? Yeah, Ann, Ann Cantrell. Oh. And you can check out okay. her shop called Annie, Annie's Blue Ribbon General Store. And they do sell oh. CBD. She has a little general store. It's successful. It's a small business. It's been making it through COVID. It's been super stressful. Yeah, yeah, no, we could have lost it. Like, you know, we're we're all dealing with crazy amounts of bullshit. But that's the fun part. Like, but that's the fun part. I do make make it through. To the top, they always, their heart is always like, like any community is top. Like even just for example, their heart is always like in the stories in the beginning. So it's all just survive. Yeah. It's yeah, it's all surviving. Cool. And but the one thing I do like about her is like somebody asked her about a comic and she was just like, I don't know any comedians except for That's Rob funny. Cantrell. Like she doesn't Yeah, yeah which is she's just not connected to the comedy world, which I love. Right, right. Because uh oh, hell as, yeah, yeah. I know this is how I look at comedy, Lynn. I love it, but I know it's gonna fuck me up. You know what I'm saying? It's like I treat really? I treat comedy as my mistress. <laughs> like, like my it, wife can break your heart. Yeah, she could break. She's a nasty girl, man. She's crazy. She's going to run off yeah. with another dude eventually. It's all going to be. It's, but, it's hard to fucking figure it all out. That's why I just don't want to put my heart in comedy. I want to put my fun into comedy. Like, that's my yeah. fun job shit. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that's a great. Think of it that way now because there, comedy used to be like, okay, spend 10 years this. Da, 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 they're my. I, there was sort of a route. And then think about comedy out of all the people. You can count maybe 12 people that are kind of established and good. There's people like some people like, I don't know, like I have Burt Kreischer who know, has known how to use Instagram and stuff, but hardcore and, the, and he gets an audience. So there's no, but yeah, I love Bert. have it as a fun thing. And have then, it as a fun thing, but enjoy. yeah. And then just keep home life simple because it does mess I, up your head, dude. It's like yeah. you can't. It starts the machine going. Because <laughs> what is it like? You like because you don't see the plan. Like before, it'd be like okay, comedy. Then you might get some money for a deal, and then a sitcom. Now yeah. it's like now, like it's like the world is ready. Is is like so ready for creative people. I just didn't know I was yes. allowed to put out content. I'm gonna do some. Yeah, yeah do some. I think you and I think you should get some money from Stan Hope and make a movie. <laughs> I don't know if he has that type of, but he has that know. clout. Like those guys oh, have I'm, clout. I'm like on the verge. I'm working. Like I, I'm on the verge of like working on with a movie. I, I've spent like the past couple of years. Um, last year I was a depressed fuck up, but um, digitizing, scanning everything, going through notebooks. So, so things are being archived. So if, if I, I get hit by a car, at least there's some stuff. <laughs> but I sit there like, like also worried. Like I gotta watch watch that piece of paper because it's Mitch's. It's crazy. Oh, it's, I know it's tricky, Lynn. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Thank, thank you. For it's so good to see you. I hope I didn't talk too much, and you didn't. Um, I hope it it made sense. And you can cut this up, right? If it's too long, right? No, I think it all made sense, and I think you were amazing, and I think you're okay. amazing. I, I, I think you are too. So, how does it happen? Are you filming both sides? I think it, it, the software is really user friendly, so it switches back and forth. So when you're talking, the camera will be on you. It'll go to me. 
and it'll go back I'm and forth. I'm scared about the camera seeing me looking. Oh, God. Oh, uh, you look dope. The hat looks dope. The glasses look dope. We're talking about Mitch. You look cool. You're being yourself. Your eyes are beautiful. You're a pretty girl. You're a good okay. flower. It is. Oh, it's so wild. Like, think about the technology. Like, I think about Mitch, too. He filmed so many things. He was documenting. Like, he. I feel like, oh, he missed that on stuff. But I can't think that way. Think about it. I didn't even have a Zoom account before we started this. Next thing you know, we've filled something and I'm talking to my friend in, in Brooklyn. It's amazing. Yeah, the technology is getting user friendly. Whoever like texted you and said hi, that would be all right. Yes, please. Anytime, okay. Lynn, Lynn, I don't hang out with that many people. You're on my list of uh, always. Okay. Yeah, dude, you're part of my. You're part of my, you're part of my history. You're part of my life. You and Mitch are part of my like beginning of comedy. So it's like you're gonna always be there in my heart. It's like yeah. So all, and I will say, I one of the biggest coolest things you guys did was you did it. You texted me on New Year's. And you said, Happy New Year's, Rob, from Mitch and Lynn. And you just yeah. thought, and it meant a lot. It was, I think, even before, yeah, it was just like, oh, man, these guys are rock That's stars. So That's and so they sweet. thought about I me. I got to remember that. And here's another good thing to remember. Like, the fact that you're saying something like, don't forget to say something cool about someone, something. Because I look back now and I'm like, I should have told Mitch how much, like, like his ears, I loved them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I did that. Like I'd, he'd, he'd be like always quit staring at me. But you know what I mean? You got to tell your friend like, oh, you know, it's great. I love your laugh. Because it people, it helps. People don't know. We're it lost does. a little bit. I think people are like trying, I look around at images and try to see, reflect back. Who am I? I don't know. So when a friend tells me and I trust you, it's a really good thing. It's a good thing. Happy Imagine. New Year. I, I called you Mitch. I said, Lynn, you're just a rock star. I mean, I see you both together. Like your essences are the same, but I know you're an individual and I believe like in we, you. We, yeah, we and I think you guys could be well. producers. Like when I saw you and Mitch, I was like, those motherfuckers are smart and creative and they could be directors. Mitch was always, oh, we, Mitch was always planning. We were going to create a festival, a comedy outdoor festival. I have it all written out. We had plans. We would have all the comedians come in and we'd make them wear costumes the day before the comedy and be in the crowds. Like we have all that. We, we, we wanted to build a haunted house. We have it all written out. But I, I, Mitch was good at getting things done, but I would think things and then the next day I'd forget about it. And I feel like I fucked it up, but. No, it's hard to push um, shit through. Like it's hard to push. I'm trying to do this one. We were working so much like, you gotta push we were, it through. We were on the road, hun, like we were on the road forty-eight weeks a year. Like it never stopped. <laughs> That's too hard. That's too many weeks it a year. Too hard. Yeah. yeah, we were breaking down for sure. I mean, it was it was like when we were breaking down that last year. It was also just pure and utter exhaustion. We Mitch had been on tour for sixteen years. You know what I mean? I know. Wow. He, uh, yeah, he got to that point and then the, then he rode the wave and the rate wave was so big that he created. But we it, need it, you to stop, readjust and come back. Like, yeah. yeah. I also always thought things like ended, but Mitch was like, never count anybody out in comedy. Like I remember seeing comics that we'd be like, kind of like, yeah. And then five years later, they got a TV show. Never count it out. That's okay. Don't be dicks to anybody because you just no. never know who's going to pop. In general, like you just don't know. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lynn. All right, I, buddy. I love you. Thank you. you.
If I look gross, just put a mustache on me. <laughs> you don't look gross. You don't. Yes, you you sound awesome. You sound cool. You sound like you. What's that? Uh, have you ever had a beard or a mustache? Yeah, I've grown some goatee stuff, but I shaved it yeah. up for you because it does gray out and it looks weird with the gray. Does it look weird on you? But uh, I had a goatee going, but it's a little greasy. Sometimes I let it go. But I like shaving yeah, it up, yeah, too. I mean, I, I, I feel for men. Like, every day, they have to, like, go touch. Like, it's, it's your fate. Yes. But anyway, yeah. All right, sweetie. It's good to talk to you. I'll see you soon, and we'll talk again. Yeah, oh, yeah text me, me anytime. When, when you put it up, and I'll put it out. Oh, you're yeah. the best, Lynn. Thank you. I didn't say anything mean about anyone anywhere. Did I no, we didn't anything? trash anybody. Everybody was dope. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds All right. Good. Love you. Bye, Bye. sweetheart. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All right, Lynn. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna like, let you hang out. That's it. That's All right, it. Please.